So my name's Katie, and I'm the associate rector here. And it's lovely to have all of you with us on this lovely fall crisp morning when we've just elected our bishop. But I'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. So this week, we're continuing our sermon series through 1 Timothy. Three weeks ago, we talked about how we're called to pray for those in authority over us. Last week, we talked about church order. And this week, we're seeing how Paul, in this next chapter, knits these two themes together. We're looking at Paul's guidance about how we are to select leaders within the household of God. In today's reading, Paul doesn't provide us with an exhaustive list of all the qualifications of a church leader. Rather, he's concerned with the primary thing, which is that some of the leaders of the church in Ephesus are tearing the church apart through their teachings and their behavior. As he says, they're shipwrecking the faith of some and are causing others to abandon the faith altogether. And the danger that Paul sees clearly, that he wants us to see clearly, who are members of the household of God, is this, that diluting and distorting the message of salvation will result in the light of Christ's presence being extinguished altogether. And this did, in fact, happen in Ephesus. Ephesus was a major center of the church in the early centuries. It hosted the church council of 431. But now, if you visit Ephesus, you'll find only the ruins of the church. In Paul's day, the local church was led by overseers, or presbyters, people who arose out of the body itself in order to lead it. Timothy is an emissary of Paul. He's not a member of the church of Ephesus but he's been sent by Paul to correct the overseers. The primary role of these overseers seems to be teaching, passing on what they've already learned from Paul and the other apostles that have traveled through their church, and they're assisted in this work by deacons whose primary role was to lead the church's works of service. But as the church grew in the early centuries, it came to be that one of the elders from the local area, from the geographic area, was elected by the, its, their fellow elders as a bishop. And this person's responsibility was to lead the other elders and deacons of the church. And this was the pattern of the church from the beginning up until roughly the Reformation, when other patterns of church leadership began to emerge. And the Anglican church has had, as a product both of the Roman Catholic Church and the Reformation has had this sort of fraught relationship with bishops and the role in the church. But ultimately, we decided to follow the historic pattern of the church before us. And so the Anglican Church is led by bishops and priests and deacons. And yesterday, our diocese, the Diocese of the Mid-Atlantic, elected its new bishop, Chris Warner. And this week, our church elected two new vestry members, Kim McKnight and Jared Notzel. Local Anglican churches aren't led just by their priests and their deacons. 
And bishops aren't elected just by priests and deacons. But they are elected and selected by the body of Christ. All of you. And this body of Christ, these local members, our lay leaders, provide with priests and deacons the leadership and oversight that the local church needs. They're the ones that allow the rector to understand the needs of their local community. And in the Anglican church, we call these groups vestries. But maybe in the tradition you grew up in, they are called a church board or a board of elders. But we call them vestries because historically, church leaders would meet in the vestry, which is the room where priests and deacons get ready for the service. And it sits usually just outside the worship space, which seems really fitting, actually. But perhaps like me, I'm coming off the election yesterday, and perhaps like me on a day like this, you're reminded just how much harm can be done by ungodly church leadership. Yesterday I was sitting in that election and I was holding before me the faces of people who have been torn apart and devoured by wolves dressed like shepherds. And as I was sitting there passing my ballot, I couldn't help but hold these faces before me and the consequences of the choice that we were making. And I couldn't help but pour all my prayers for the church into that moment. And so perhaps you're like me this morning. You're earnestly, hopefully, but guardedly praying that we've made wise choices in our leaders. Or as Paul says later to Timothy, Pray that you, will that you will select leaders that pursue righteousness, godliness, faithfulness, love, endurance, and gentleness. And for this reason, on this day of celebration in our local church and in our diocese, I wanted to set aside some time for us to pray for the leaders of our church, for the leaders of this church, but our diocese, our province, the church worldwide. And I want to use the categories that Paul gives us in chapter 3. Because with great responsibility and great power comes great danger. Anyone who's ever held responsibility for other people knows the peril to their soul. And if they don't, they soon will. And so we need to pray for our leaders that they'll be able to successfully navigate the challenges that can shipwreck their souls and the church. In just a minute, I'm going to ask the ushers to hand out. This is going to be participatory. I'm going to have them give you each a few post-it notes. There's a piece of paper on the wall behind me. I'm going to pray a litany of prayer from St. Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. And as I'm praying, I invite you to write down the words, the images, your hopes, your most fervent prayers for our church and for its leaders. And just bring them forward 
bring forward your prayers as an offering to God. And later during the peace or at the end of the service, I invite you to come forward and just take a look at the prayers that have been offered by our body. And I invite you to join your prayers with your brothers and sisters. So I'm going to wait a moment, and then we'll pray. Let us pray. Lord God, we pray that people would see the lives of our bishops, our priests, our deacons, the life of our community together, and be drawn to Jesus. Protect our leaders and help them to be self-controlled. Help them to resist temptation and not to act impulsively on their emotions or desires. Help them to care for their bodies, their minds, and their hearts. and to resist the misuse of food or alcohol or anything else that draws them away from the love of you. Keep our leaders grafted, knitted into you, their true vine. God, help our leaders to be temperate. They will face criticism and conflict, witness injustice and false teaching. Help them to be wise in their responses. Protect them from defensiveness, from using deceit, insincerity, and slander to preserve their own image, their position, or the church. May they always seek you and their truth, no matter the cost. May our shepherds be known for their gentle love and discipline of the whole flock, and even those who are outside the barriers of their pasture. Help our leaders to be faithful. Faithful in preaching the gospel. Faithful to the community to which you have called them. Faithful to the calling to marriage, or singlehood, or parenthood, 
help them to faithfully endure in all these responsibilities despite discouragement, sickness, and persecution. Embrace and uphold them in your love through their colleagues, friends, family, and church community. Help our leaders to be humble. Help them to always gratefully remember that their gifts come from you and that they are to be used only for your glory and not for personal gain. Protect them from being envious of each other, of each other's gifts, successes, and possessions. Help them to seek the good of the whole church. Just as Paul addressed the unique needs of the community in Ephesus, we too acknowledge that our church and diocese face their own challenges and opportunities. God, we ask you now for anything else that we need from our leaders today. God, we thank you for being the true shepherd who teaches our leaders how to shepherd well. Lead them into green pastures and besides still waters. Show them the narrow way that leads to life with you. Amen.